all these people who are from, you know, certain backgrounds, edu education-wise, race-wise, other uh, socioeconomically, were the people who are in the room solving these problems. And something that was really powerful for me, other than having this perspective of, as I say, being the only one of me in the room time again, was just thinking, I thought we could solve the world with all these people in the room. And then I didn't realize that the diversity wasn't there, that diversity of perspective to implement solutions, to actually solve real problems that actual people are having, that wasn't in the room. And and that that's helped me realize the power of having more of those perspectives, as many as possible, to actually addressing like the world's problem. Welcome to the Civic Hacker Podcast. I'm your host, Lori McNeil, founding director of the Civic Hacker Network and the Civic Hacker Summit. The mission of the Civic Hacker Network is to create and empower a globally connected community of people who are using data and technology to create positive social change. We do this by equipping and empowering people to move their change-making projects forward. We also amplify the work our membership is doing by providing a platform through which civic hackers can publicize their projects, collaborate, and get the resources and support they need. Our motto is, problems have solutions. I invite Civic Hacker Podcast listeners to join me on a learning journey where we explore the vast array of solutions that are emerging in various forms in communities all around the world, and to partake of the feast of knowledge available from people who are leading the way in using data and tech for positive impact. This podcast series centers on the interviews and talks that are recorded during Civic Hacker Summit events. The summits are online events where a specially curated, invitation-only group of experts and emerging changemakers share stories, strategies, tips, and tactics for making an impact with data and technology. Now, this is a very special episode because it's the conversation I had with someone who I connected with for the original summit and had to invite back just because I am such a huge fan of his work. I'm a fan of how he chooses to show up and also the spaces he creates for others. I'm talking about the Matt Scott. Matt Scott is a social impact storyteller passing the mic to the changemakers who often go unheard. Matt leads storytelling at the world's leading climate solutions resource, Project Drawdown, and is also the creator of the inclusive impact storytelling project, Let's Care, where he's interviewed over 100 changemakers, and he's also created the film 20s and Change San Francisco, which was recognized at the 2021 San Francisco Black Film Festival. Previously, Matt led the world's largest global hackathon with NASA, while also working alongside partners including Nike, Pivotal Ventures by Melinda Gates, the United Nations, and the Obama White House. Over his career, he's reached half a billion people in the digital space. And now Matt is reaching us here on the Civic Hacker Podcast. 
I'm thrilled to share such an empowering and important conversation with you. We cover a lot, including the lessons Matt carried with him as he transitioned from working on the world's largest hackathon, the NASA Space Apps Challenge, to the work he's doing now. We talk about the importance of prioritizing voices that are unheard, especially in tech spaces, and how storytelling can be used as a powerful tool to elevate those voices. We get into the intersectionality of climate change with issues of representation, his motivations behind his film, Twenties and Change, and the powerful lessons he learned through the stories he gathered, and the qualities that make a great changemaker, like vulnerability and self-acceptance. Unlike some of our other episodes, this is a conversation that doesn't delve into the technical but instead focuses on how our identities, mental health, and scope of inclusion affects the work we do as changemakers. I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Enjoy the conversation. I'm, I'm really glad to be here, Lori. Yeah, I'm you know, so happy to have you. And I um, do, you know, we just are coming off of space apps um just to date this recording a little bit um and you were missed um because you are doing other things now so maybe can you talk a little bit about um what you did with space apps and um what's going on for you now yeah so from 2016 to 2020 nothing to do with the presidential administration at all um well that we'll get to that we'll get to that um i worked at an organization called second muse which is an innovation agency and second muse works with a wide range of clients so you mentioned some of them with my intro lori and what i was really focused on was on storytelling on taking these issues and programs that we were creating and humanizing them and translating them to people who weren't in the room. So a lot of that meant that I had the opportunity to meet some really cool people um, who were making a positive impact. I like to call them change makers and to amplify their voices and stories, which was something that I loved so much that in 2017, I started Let's Care, where I was amplifying more of those stories that weren't heard. And actually, after you interviewed me um, in June of 2017, or really July of 2017, I launched interviews that I started to do with people because before that I was just writing about people. And so um, a lot of what I've been up to has been connecting with different change makers all over the all over the world. Space apps has been one great way of doing that. And you know, when I was talking with you four and a half years ago, I was really the global storyteller on the global organizing team. So maybe a team of about four of us really working on space apps consistently. Um, later that year, and then through, you know, the next few years up until 2020, I was the global community lead and storyteller. So I was responsible for working with all of these events all over the world. Um, so in 2016, when I first started on the program, that was 161 locations all over the world and 15,000 people. And by 2020, we had two, two virtual global hackathons, um, but had about 250 locations all over the world. Um, and for the 
for the virtual aspects of it reached people in 150 countries. So space apps like grew beyond my imagination and it was really a great opportunity to help people see that they can make an impact in the world and to tap into their own talents to, to do that using NASA's data, but even more using their own creativity and collaboration to do that. And so that's kind of the, the place that I was before um, about a year, just about a year ago when I joined Project Drawdown and of course continued what I'm doing with, with Let's Care. So that's the, that's the, the short, short synopsis, but happy to get into more of the details. Yeah, uh, you know, when you made the move, like it was, I'm sure it was bittersweet, you know, after seeing how much it had grown and, you know, what was yeah. kind of, as you're, you know, bridging between these two roles, like what are some of the things that you have brought along the way with you and, um, you know, how is your work now kind of connected to, you know, that experience and also to what you're building um, with Let's Care. Yeah, so just to start, um, leaving my work with Space Apps was really, it, it was bittersweet, like you said. And I think a huge part of that was just the fact that, you know, over the last few years, especially, I had all of these opportunities to use my perspective, um, you know, as a young person, as a Black person, as a queer person, to inform ways that we can engage more people who had all these different perspectives. Um, and, and so my focus really, it started as this, but it even more strongly became, how do we pull in people whose perspectives aren't represented in NASA, in the tech space, in the data space. So you were one of the ambassadors with, mm -hmm. with space apps as one of, one of the ways that we really, um, in a small way, you know, helped to, to give a platform to more people who could then be seen as experts by the global community of participants and answer questions and interact with them in the chat. Um, in another program that I was really proud to launch was the Amplification Collaborators Program. So that was us working with organizations like Black Girls Code with Girls mm -hmm. in Tech and just reaching out to them more specifically to say, hey, we really want your community engaged. And that was a huge priority for me from, from a lot of different angles, but especially just thinking of my, my older sister, Lindsay, and her experience in the tech space um, and so at cool. hackathons. She is very cool. She is very cool. I, mean, I like to think I'm cooler, but um, that's a sibling debate for another yeah. day. We'll get her on at some point. But, you know, the thing that was so cool was so interesting about her perspective and her experience is that it taught me more about um, these issues and barriers that people were facing. And so I really found myself increasingly focused on as I say, through Let's Care, you know, the, the people, the voices that often go unheard. And that's really the thing that I was prioritizing. Um, last year in 2020, thinking about um, just everything that happened with, I, I say with George Floyd, but there are so many other names that, of course, Breonna Taylor and many, many other names that are worth recognizing. Um, so many more people were talking about race and talking about these issues that, you know, a year before I interviewed people about through Let's Care for the 20s and Change San Francisco film, and yet so many people hadn't talked about race, identity, inclusion. And I really found myself wanting to use my own power of storytelling to help people 
help people's voices be heard and help to tap into more of those people to make an impact. And, you know, I think what NASA and space apps are doing is really incredible, but I saw this even bigger opportunity, like dream opportunity beyond NASA, beyond space apps to work with Project Drawdown and um, work with this leading resource when it comes to climate change on, uh, you know, really focusing on those voices in the climate space, which is is really the voices we often hear are are a certain type of voice, often white people in the space. How do we though welcome in other voices through highlighting more stories, highlighting more perspectives, and making it more inclusive? Um, so I, I think the big thing that I it's hard to say what I learned from uh, transitioning from space apps to Project Drawdown because the reality is I had like five years of experiences that were really powerful working on space apps and working with others that I got to apply to that work and still get to apply to my work at Project Drawdown. But um, if anything, it was just a strong sense of myself mm -hmm. and who I am and how I want to pass the mic and how I want to make an impact. And now I'm really excited to say that like, I feel like I have much more full alignment between like who I am and the work I do, not only through Let's Care, but through project drawdown also. So it's been a growth journey, but I think that's what you get, you know, for most people from like the age of 24 to the yeah. age of 20, 29 and a half, if we're going to be specific. Yeah. Oh man. All right, so then are you going to like have like thirties and change? Well, that... <laughs> can... I'm just saying the thing about twenties and change, because there will be other twenties and change films is that I think that the, there's still something there about really focusing on advice for people in their 20s. Um, that's come up before. That's not the first not time. Original. I've heard it. I mean, no, no, no. It's it's a good it's a good thought. It's worth entertaining. But I do really think that there's something powerful about focusing your advice on people in their 20s because there's so much that shifts and like even just from a brain chemistry standpoint, your brain is actively developing. Um, and a lot goes on for different people in their 20s. You're going from maybe being, if you are someone who went to like a four-year college, for instance, you go from that experience, which might be more sheltered or more protected in some ways, to then working and life and like paying real bills. And it's there's a big shift. So hope maybe we'll have a 20s and change again. But I, I would also say, um, just in line with that, one thing that's really awesome, and we'll get into, um, I'm sure we'll get into all of this, but um, I'm excited that I could work on 20s and change like projects through Project Drawdown. And that's something yeah. that I'm, I'm busy with now. So, uh, so, so much beautiful stuff has happened. Yeah, I don't even know where the question together. started. You know, yeah. and there's so much to dig into as well. Yeah. Like, you know, because talking about voices that, you know, you often don't hear, like when you move into, like, there's, you know, we, people are very in tune with like, okay, STEM, um, the STEM career fields, we need to build, boost, you know, inclusion and representation there. And, you know, I know when I started my career at NASA, like I just figured it was probably very confusing for some of, some of the old guys are like, what? <laughs> but um, right. no, no, they're lovely. But, you know, very different than when they started their career. He, yeah. I mean, nobody was smoking in their offices either. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, a different great. time. But now, like, if you think about, like, with climate change, right, we are hearing and we know that people who are impacted the most 
um, by the harmful, you know, disasters are going to be people whose voices are usually not at the front and center. And I know environmentalism has had the reputation for, you know, being kind of um, elitist, right? Um, you know, our indigenous neighbors have been telling us forever, <laughs> like um, yeah. when it comes to climate and the environment, um, you know, that we should be looking to that tribal um, wisdom and history and that their voices are often not, you know, part of what the big, you know, the big yeah. initiatives, the big things that get attention and funding um, are about. So I think that's pretty amazing, you know, to turn your skills and, and focus to that area. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's it's amazing that I have the opportunity to do that too. And, you know, looking at where I am with Project Drawdown, the thing that I found so powerful about the role that I was taking on, because I asked a lot of questions, and that's something that I would encourage for young people before you join any organization, like to ask questions and really truly understand what you're getting into or who you're dealing with. Because something I, I knew, um, and the organization is, is um, so much different now, even than it was a year ago, just because of growth. But when I joined, it was a team of less than 10 people. And you know, a like white-led team, it's still a white-led team. And there's a certain, beyond just race, um, you know, you think of people's education um, experiences as, as, you know, a certain thing that we often see in organizations, like people who have multiple degrees and, and that type of thing. And I, I really realized that there was you know, the climate space was no by no means perfect um, when it came to this, but there was so much opportunity to do something. And I'm, I'm really glad that I saw that opportunity as a way to really challenge myself and push myself, especially at a point where, like, I'd been doing NASA space apps work, been doing the work I'd been doing. I needed a new challenge and thankfully it was a challenge of like how do we actually widen the table and invite more people to it and make sure that other people are heard and represented here so that beyond climate even um, because we know climate change intersects with so many different issues arguably every other issue right and so um you know my, my thoughts always been how do we how do i use storytelling to get more people create more opportunities for people to be heard and to to really live their fullest lives making an impact yeah and you know we've met, referenced 20s and change a few times now and i realized that you know some of the people i hope not too many but some of them may not even know what they've we're all talking seen it. about yeah <laughs> like i'm not i never thought of myself as a filmmaker and honestly like I've only really started to think of myself as a filmmaker this year with the recognition that Toys and Change has received. You mentioned the San Francisco Black Film Festival That's more recently, crazy. and I haven't really shared this anywhere yet, but um, the film's also being recognized in the Las Vegas Queer Arts Film Festival. Oh, so wow. that's happening this month. Thank you. And so it's cool that it's out there. But for me, um, it was just finding new ways to ex more fully express the story of um, really what, what started as 180 degrees of impact and is now Let's Care and um, to share my story more within it because in all these different interviews, I would have a conversation with someone that's like an hour long interview conversation and we might talk about my dad, we might talk about race, we might talk about like all these aspects of identity or the world and 
I just wanted to create a packaged way of sharing. This is my vision for the world and what I want it to look like. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it, I want the world to look like 20s and change. I want it to be as diverse as 20s and change. I want people to feel like they could be vulnerable and have um, these really difficult conversations, but all in service of like helping the world. And so that's kind of what sparked the idea of making a film and it, it took like almost two years to have it fully for me to have it fully finalized and put it out there but um, I'm so glad I did and already moving on to working on more projects like it um, one with Project Drawdown where um, where I just a couple not even a couple weeks ago actually just last week I was in Pittsburgh interviewing 11 changemakers with Eric and we'll produce those and those will be out into the world um, with even more of an audience than 20s and Change uh, San Francisco, thankfully, in the next uh, few months. And then Eric and I are already planning on the next 20s and Change uh, cool. insert city here. Yeah. So we have a lot to figure Reading. out with that. I'm but kidding. yeah, what? Reading? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the people listening from Reading know that I just, I'm clowning and they're laughing too. <laughs> no, if you want it, if anyone wants it to be Reading, um, let me know. Um, tweet at me at at Matt Scott GW or wherever, um, wherever we'll, we'll do our plugs later, but okay. just let me know. Let me know. I'm, I'm I'll keep it on the table. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. The, you know, the vulnerability, like if that was a part that was really striking to me, um, you know, when I uh, participated in the screening was, um, you know, like you said, like we didn't talk about the loss of your father, but it was, yeah. you know, pretty, um and you know that really stood out to me that part of you know where you shared how um you know he impacted you and you know I feel like in other places where you've brought up like your mom or your sister I was listening to something or maybe a one of your last podcast episodes you just brought up your um brother I was like oh he has a brother um so just yeah and it, it's kind of surprising and very um you know, personal and just um, wonderful ways that you bring in those little notes about your family. And so I was curious about like how you decide um, to share that kind of thing um, with the world, right? Like that vulnerability that you're talking about, you know, it makes for excellent film. It really connects you with the people, you know, they're all great stories that are in yeah. that film. Um, and yeah, so what is can you talk a little bit about you know kind of that decision for you what that feels like and maybe how you even help other people um that you're interviewing with the same you know yeah yeah it's interesting because I don't think of it as much of a decision as mm. much of a process where when I started interviewing people and you're just asking people about their stories and perspectives well you can you go into different topics and different subjects and you know some people even if you're not the most vulnerable with them it goes there because they will share themselves they'll model that vulnerability mm -hmm. for you and then you kind of you know it, it's like if someone is talking about I remember in one of my early interviews someone was talking about their mental health and I was mm. I responded talking about my dad and my grief and just what I was experiencing literally that night I came from like going to my grief group to interviewing this person. And so we were talking about that and 
um, her name's Rocky, actually, um, Rocky Capizzi, one of my first interviewees, but um, if not like the first or second. And I remember her crying and I remember thinking how powerful it is to just give people that space by mm. sharing your own experience, which is so easy, but also how freeing it is when you share your experience in that way. And so like, I think back to flash forward after recording 20s and Change to um, even the start of the pandemic last year, I remember interviewing someone who I knew lost his dad, but I, I um, like we'd never talked about, it. he'd never talked about it really publicly. And I just remember making a comment when it came up um, in, in the interview about me losing my dad. And he, for the first time in a podcast, um, was talking about his experience losing his dad. And so for me, I think something I learned very much through having like a hundred plus, I need to do the count again to figure out <laughs> an exact number, but the numbers don't matter. Um, but you know, 100 plus people absolutely who I've interviewed is just the power of being vulnerable. I've also found with the change makers I've talked with just how interesting it is, how like it, it almost seems like vulnerability is necessary for their journeys mm. because they need to look into themselves to figure out their why. Like, mm -hmm. why do I care? Why do I need to show up? Why does this matter? Why do I need to get out of bed and do the work that I'm doing even on the difficult days? Um, you need to be honest with yourself about the challenges you're facing so that you're not just trying to run past them and run away from them, but like really looking at them head on. So I would say that like that vulnerability piece of just like sharing has been a process in the sense that like now, Lori, I don't know half of what I say in interviews I do or in things <laughs> I record because I'm just talking and just being honest about my experience, but um, I, I see people respond to it and I'm really glad that I could um, bring that in. But I, I do think that if you are someone who is like not comfortable with yourself, um, Actually, I'll borrow from someone I interviewed in 20s and Change, Naomi Uwaka, who, mm. who works at Code 2040 as a researcher. And one thing that she says is, like, you can't meet the world until you meet yourself. Mm. And I, I really, truly believe that you need to kind of know where you are before you could truly make a difference in the world. Um, and that's probably like the biggest, one of the biggest things I've learned through continuing to interview people. And one of the reasons I continue to do it just because it's so fulfilling personally, but it's great to share those stories so others could start to explore themselves and see themselves in the impact space. Right. And then, you know, I also feel like your, your definition of inclusivity, right? Mm. Of inclusion, when you, when you talk about creating the space for, you know, vulnerability creates the space for people to, you know, have certain types of conversations or, you know, when we, it's probably easy for people to think about like, okay, you know, diversity or, you know, I need to like look at, you know, these demographics, right? Like that we're kind of programmed to look at that type of stuff. But when you think about something like mental health and being inclusive of, you know, certain experiences um or even just you know what people are having to do to to you know experience a normal life um people with disabilities right like how do we how are we inclusive in that way like i think what you're talking about with vulnerability also plays into that broader um definition i guess of inclusivity like yeah. how how would you define it and where do you think you know 
people tend to miss the mark when they talk about inclusion but yeah <laughs> there's no vulnerability that's a great no question space. yeah that's a great question and a great observation too because one thing that has bothered me so much especially in the well i'll say in the wake of george floyd's passing and the conversations that have rippled out of that is this term of uncomfortable conversation or difficult conversation mm -hmm. and it took me i mean i guess my whole life really until it clicked for me that like for you what might be an uncomfortable conversation or difficult conversation for me might be my everyday life or it might be on someone's mind all the time and mm -hmm. so i've kind of tried to shift away from that and really use storytelling as a way to create more spaces where these uncomfortable conversations are just normal conversations, which ties in with the point of inclusion, because there are, like, we can't really, we can't check boxes when it comes to inclusion, because the other aspect of that is that there are so many experiences that we don't know that people don't feel comfortable sharing. And if we're not creating comfortable spaces for people to fully be themselves, well, then we don't fully know who people are, which means that we we can't use that checkbox system as a way of making sure those that we have all the diversity we need in the room. And right. so something I would say that, that I've really looked to storytelling to do even is to, um, to give people all of these different examples of what is included, of what is acceptable, of what's allowed. Um, so, you know, if it's someone talking about their mental health as an example, a great example, because that's um, something that's not so visible that people deal with. Um, or if it's someone talking about disabilities, whether uh, visible disability or um, an, invisible, an invisible disability or something that's not as visible, um, though, just sharing examples and providing representation, that's the word that I'm looking for. Mm. Um, that's one way that I think is so critical for creating more inclusive spaces. But what's my definition of inclusion? I think it's, it's really, it's almost trying to say, we don't know who all the people are. We don't know what they're, they're like and what their experiences are, but we're willing to create a space that's open, that welcomes people in, that, you know, doesn't, that limits judgment where possible, that limits, um, that responds to to even some of the fringe, you know, I won't say fringe, but some of the thinking that might be from a minority group, for instance, mm -hmm. like, if I think sharing pronouns is incredibly important, but that's not something that was as popular now as it was five years ago or 10 years ago. But if we're doing something like that, that is more inclusive for certain groups, then we're welcoming more of those groups in. If we're ensuring that the event spaces we have either virtually or in person are accessible to more groups in line with accessibility guidelines, whether that comes to mental health, like providing trigger warnings or content warnings or like, literally being sure that there are ramps or elevators or other ways that people could get into a space like these things are so important and i think so many organizations brush past them because they don't they say well i don't need to worry about being inclusive because i don't have people with disabilities here i don't have people who experience this here i don't have people who experience that there when the reality is like 
you don't just know. do what you yeah. can to create a space that people yeah. feel welcome because they're not going to be there unless you proactively do that work in a lot of cases. Right. Um, so I don't know what my definition of inclusivity is, but that I'm sure whoever's listening could cobble something together from, from all of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that it, it goes and, to, and encourage whoever's listening would be encouraged to think a little more, you know, think a little bit further past those check boxes right, when we're thinking about inclusion. Yeah. Well, I, I think maybe if I could like underscore one point too, just always think to yourself, like who's not in the room? What perspective is not represented? I was having a conversation with someone um, a couple weeks ago and it feels like the most ridiculous conversation, but it was literally about baking. Like mm -hmm. it was about, um, you know, the person was making a comment that like anyone could take on baking. That's something that everyone should be doing. And I, I, you know, I, I think bacon's great. I love brownies, cookies, all of the things. But I, I also was just making the point that like some people don't have time. Some people don't have the space or the energy after their long work day. Some people don't have a, an oven, you know, and that might not be everyone and everyone's experience. But I think if we start to think about like who's not in the room, who's not being represented by a perspective, that allows us to kind of make more and more room for those perspectives and those people to be welcomed in rather than just making broad assumptions about people and who they are and what they're capable of. Right. And yeah, for all the would-be change makers you know, out there, like if, you're, if your solution that you're working toward is, you know, has tech underpinnings, um, you know, it's 2021, uh, you know, or maybe I'm just a hammer that sees nails all around, but data is going to be, you know, part of it. And, you know, this idea of like what perspective isn't represented, right? It's something that, you know, not only in our physical spaces and in what we're doing, you know, in person that we're thinking about, but also, you know, the distributed work that's happening right now, like you mentioned NASA's virtual hackathon, right? Like, yeah who, you know, is the, the mom of two little kids in rural Northern California going to enter that space? You know, what, what would create the opportunity for her to say, yeah, this is going to be a safe, you know, place that I can do, I can contribute here. Um, it's not going to be, you know, a place that is um, hostile or, you know, demeaning to, yeah. Insert, you know, intersectional person <laughs> here. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'll just say too, that reminds me of a story I remember I mentioned in the first interview, but it was like one of the first people that I met at a space apps event. Her name's Medina Ibrahim. And she, at the time, 2016, was 46 year old mother of two, mm -hmm. um, a former refugee who just came to the country um, 11 years ago, but left her job. Um, 10 years before that because of kids and and just was starting to re-enter the workforce and enter career in tech and her story meant a lot to me maybe from like this because there's so much even like probably from what I mentioned you'd say Matt you don't have a lot in common with her but so much that I felt like I had in common with her as someone who's not even in the majority whose story isn't normally represented and I still love to mention Medina and her example and story, not only because we had a great time talking, but I was so inspired by the fact that, you know, no one might, no one, as far as even she recognized at the time, there weren't people like her in the room. And for a lot of us, 
that's the case. Like you, you look into a room and whether it's um, because you're a person of color or of a certain race or a religion or gender or whatever identity it is, you might not see yourself in the room, but like the power of being the first person who's in the room and having other people see you in the room and, mm-hmm. and gravitate to it more because of that is not to be understated. And so, um, yeah, like you're, what you mentioned, like I immediately thought of Medina's story, which is one reason why I've always really thought like we need to show more people's stories from a broader range so that more people could say, huh, if they belong, you know, even if they're not from the same group I'm in, I, maybe I could belong to, um, and it's worked out it's worked out so far. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's super important and, you know, people are going to end up with solutions that serve everyone. You know, you're not going to get there by, we've already seen what happens, right? When um, silos of certain identities are leading (laughs) and creating, are they the only ones creating um, a solution that gets deployed, you know, no be it tech or or any other kind of um treatment so yeah, yeah you need that those perspectives to be able to really solve the problems in the world yeah i was i was thinking about that really specifically and even just quickly would mention that like even in my work with less with the type of work i was doing with nasa but more with like diff- being in different rooms with um groups convened by walmart and with nike where they were focused on like here's a problem, a world, a problem like um, a sustainability problem. Like how do we drive a more circular economy? And Nike's focused on that. And all these people who are from you know certain backgrounds, edu- education-wise, race-wise, other uh, socioeconomically, were the people who are in the room solving these problems. And something that was really powerful for me other than having this perspective of, as I say, being the only one of me in the room time again, was just thinking, I thought we could solve the world with all these people in the room. And then I didn't realize that the diversity wasn't there, that diversity of perspective to Mm. implement solutions, to actually solve real problems that actual people are having, that wasn't in the room. And Mm. and that's helped me realize the power of having more of those perspectives as many as possible to actually addressing like the world's problems so it's cool to see that I've been able to kind of see the what happens when there isn't um when there isn't that representation when there aren't those voices that go unheard and then the power that comes when we actually pass the mic and invite more people to be heard and to the table and to have power in their voices to actually be listened to there's there's so much there that I think is is really um, powerful and I'm it's I'm so glad I've been able to experience that on my journey yeah yeah it's I'm glad too I'm glad and I'm glad you're sharing that journey with everyone that's awesome well um there's a lot more we could talk about like there's other you have multiple podcasts and um you know I'm sure of all the change makers that you interviewed, like it would be great to, in my, you know, analyst hat, right? To like kind of look at like what are all of the, you know, the range of issues, you know, wh- who's using what tech and all this stuff. So um, people, like, where can they go check out the wealth of um, information and stories that you have out in the world? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good question. Um, 
Well, the first thing I would say is if people want to get in touch, like the best thing you could do is email me. My email is hello at let's.care. It's not letscare.com. It's hello at let's.care. So just feel free to reach out and get in touch with me directly that way. But I would also first and foremost encourage people to go to um, www.letscare, the Let's Care website, where you could one, like click on the shows tab and see some of the different podcast series that, uh, that I've done. Because in the last year, um, I've kind of explored doing a couple with partner organizations. So one with an organization that's focused on um, really incubating and supporting startups not only in the DC area, but beyond, um, and that organization Seed Spot. So we have mm. a podcast called Reimagining Impact that we made together. And then with um, another organization, Learn Serve International, which I've been volunteering with for years and actually mentioned in the first interview. And we created, I created a podcast series called Yes to Youth with them. So those are a couple of the, the shows. You could also just search Let's Care on podcast platforms. And who knows, I'm I, I might be posting something there sometimes <laughs> I post there infrequently but you could always subscribe um, beyond that uh, in the let's care realm I would just encourage people to check out 20s and change San Francisco again easy to find when you go to the let's care website but the easy link for that is let's.care slash film and uh, we mentioned Project Drawdown, my work there leading storytelling, which I'm really excited about. And there will be more coming out about that and just more of the things that we actually release soon. Um, but if you wanna learn more about Project Drawdown and learn about science-backed, data-backed climate solutions, which don't get enough recognition, just go to drawdown.org. Um, and then beyond that, there's all sorts of other stuff that I'm up to. Like I podcast about reality TV and about pro wrestling now, which is really interesting. And talking about like social issues in the context of both of those is something I'm really proud about because like I grew up, uh, well, one, watching reality TV when like I, I I grew up way too fast watching that. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> but um, but pro wrestling too was something that I watched with my dad growing up. And it's kind of been nice to have an excuse for a podcast to like watch and then comment and like make linkages between like all these important social issues that don't ever get discussed with this, mm -hmm. this thing. Um, and so that's over on a network called Rob has a podcast where I like podcasted about Big Brother 23, which was always on CBS podcast about the show Survivor sometimes. Um, and I mentioned wrestling. And so if you want to figure out where that stuff is, just follow me on Twitter, especially at Matt Scott GW. That's at Matt Scott GW. But oh, I'm out of breath now, Lori. Yeah, you're so busy. I, that's, and you know, props to you for remembering all that stuff. Like, I totally yeah. choke whenever I'm asked. I'm like, uh, <laughs> there's some links, I swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, but I think, awesome. I think the and big we'll have thing is that. like, yeah, get in touch. Hello at Let's Stop Care and then follow me at Matt Scott GW for the latest. But the good news is the, the uh, things keep moving forward and I'm, I'm excited about all of that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited for you and with you. And thank you so much, returning champion Matt Scott for, um, yeah, for being <laughs> on champion. here with us. Um, you know, appreciate you and, you know, definitely um, I'm excited to see what is going to be coming up next and how you're going to keep impacting 
yeah and i'll also say (laughs) i'll also say i appreciate you i'm so thankful for you i'm glad that you we could kind of relink up a little bit with you becoming a space apps ambassador so i'm i'm just really thankful that um that you've continued to do the work that you're doing because i mean it's one thing that i already i recognize in my work too is just like if a tree falls in the forest like it does it does it make a sound i still don't know what the proper answer i i don't know what the answer to that is but the point is we need people like you like civic hacker hacker network and just um, people like you who are amplifying the voices and stories so that more people know about them and hear about them and so um i can't thank you enough because um yeah we where would i be where- Hey there, listener. I am thrilled to say to you that this episode of this award-winning podcast is brought to you by Podcash. You may or may not know that we recently entered a competition called Podcash. It's a collaboration between a company called Racket and another one called Stir. And guess what? We won! The Civic Hacker Podcast was one of over 3,000 entries in Podcash. Not surprising, since they were giving away a total of $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support lesser-known work that is creative and inspiring. It is an honor to have been selected as one of the recipients of a cash prize acknowledging the value of the message we're putting out into the world. So, spread the word. Podcash is free cash for your podcast. If podcasting is part of how you see your mission moving forward or furthering your vision in some way, why not go to podcast.com to stay up to date with the future podcast happenings? That is P-O-D-C-A-S-H dot com. We are so honored by their support. And if you would like to support this podcast as well, you can just go to civic-hackers.org slash nonprofit and you'll see the different ways you can contribute there. Thanks again to Matt Scott for sharing part of his story with us. I encourage you to check out his film, 20s and Change San Francisco. It's wonderful. It's relevant, and it will be time well spent. You're also going to want to check out Matt's work with Project Drawdown and Let's Care. We will have all the links uh, to Matt's work in the episode description and on the civic-hackers.org website. So make sure you look for that. And I welcome your feedback. Uh, I love hearing about how you relate to the topics we get into on this podcast and especially how you are bringing these things into your own work. You can drop me a line via email at Lori, that's L-O-R-I, at civic-hackers.org, or leave a voice message by heading to civic-hackers.org slash pod.
It's so easy to be filled with gratitude after listening to these incredible people we bring to the Civic Hacker Summit. The summit and this podcast are produced in beautiful, far northern California, and it is with gratitude that I acknowledge the Wintu people. They are the original stewards of the land in and around Redding, California, which is their ancestral and present home. I'm so thankful for those who are passing the mic, creating space, and normalizing the acceptance of the fact that our experiences are extremely varied and carry value in terms of what each of us bring to the table. This episode is being released in May, which is Mental Health Month. And I'm grateful for the many ways in which people are acknowledging the importance of paying attention to this essential aspect of all our lives. Matt and I talked about vulnerability, grief, self-awareness, and acceptance. And I hope you caught the message that basically our mental health is an important part of being able to do the work that we each are uniquely called upon and motivated to do. And finally, I am so grateful for you, listener. I'm always open to your feedback because it helps me improve this podcast and better serve the network. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't already, please do me a favor and rate and review the show to help other people discover this podcast. Don't forget to follow the Civic Hacker Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and claim your free membership to get an invitation to join us on Slack. You can find all the links on our website, civic-hackers.org. I'm Lori McNeil, wishing you all the good things between now and your next listen to the Civic Hacker Podcast. Problems have solutions. Let's get to work. The Civic Hacker Podcast is a production of the Civic Hacker Network. The Civic Hacker Network is a networking and support hub for people using data and technology to create positive change in their communities. Join the network for free at Civic hyphen hackers dot